everybody. Welcome to another episode of All the WrestleManias podcast. I'm your co-host, Tim Hackman. And I'm your co-host, Rich Sigwald. Thanks for joining us. We're always excited to be back with you here uh, in the studio. We hope you caught some of our recent episodes. We had, uh, let's see, we had good times talking to the Director of Operations, Mr. Jerry Stefanitsis from VCW. Our last episode, we talked about, uh, which one did we talk about? It's an, it was an old one. It was, remind me? Uh, from 1979, Madison yeah. Square Garden. Yeah. My, my brain is, is shot. It's like Swiss yeah. cheese in there. It's a Friday. It's <laughs> dumb. It's it's August, and you know, it's just a rough time right now. It's There's, hotter than hell's front porch down here in Virginia. Actually, today's relatively pleasant, but this weekend is going to be a a scorcher. Today's uh, not too bad here in Bowie. They even took the kids out to play at the at the daycare. The, nice. the pressure washer guys are here, so if you hear some sort of like horrible spraying sound against our, <laughs> our vinyl siding while we're recording, I apologize, but it's got to be done. We got a we got a note from the HOA. Was, Uh-oh. Aren't you yeah. going to get out there and get yourself pressure washed? Well, okay. I should. Just hose me down. Get it done. I need just the shower. Get in, so get in just, the crevices there. I need a deep clean, please. <laughs> You've been watching much wrestling lately? Did you catch any of uh, SummerSlam? I did. I watched SummerSlam. I actually kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too, actually. I Brock Lesnar was... versus Cody was excellent. Probably the my favorite match of the night. Yeah, I thought that was great. Yeah. I had a good time with that one. Um, sort of enjoyed, enjoyed um, Gunther and Drew. I thought that was a that too, good yeah. old-fashioned meat-chomping fest. Um, yeah, it looked like an old-style in, uh, intercontinental championship yeah. match. Like, it was good. I liked that. Yeah. Yeah, there was some good stuff. I thought it was... Maybe one of the better like wrestling shows they've they've put on in recent memory. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> so anyway, that was good. Let's see. So I guess we're we're here to talk about uh, a WrestleMania. It's it's time. Yeah, we've been, you know, continuing our, our journey through the the darkest parts of WrestleMania history. Uh, we started the the blog with WrestleMania one and got all the way up to seventeen or sixteen, excuse me, uh, before we switched over to the podcast format. So since uh, starting the podcast last January of twenty two, uh, we've we've gone from seventeen up to today's episode, which is WrestleMania twenty eight, live and in living color from. Uh, Sun Life Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida. I'm not sure if that's in Miami. Maybe it's right Miami, next to Miami. Miami. <laughs> Miami. Uh, April 1st, 2012. April Fool's Day. Uh, big attendance for this one, 78,363, setting a record for that particular stadium. Uh, also, record setter for the pay-per-view buys, 1.3 million. Apparently the biggest pay-per-view buy in history, uh, yeah. former... Former record was held by WrestleMania 23 uh, five years prior, where that was 1.2 million. So this one topped it by 100,000 or so. I mean, it's clearly because of Maria Menounos and Kelly Kelly finally teaming up. That yeah. is the big draw on this card, right? I mean, the fans have been clamoring for it uh, for years. People have been so. dying for Maria Menounos to get into the ring, and it finally happened in hot Miami. <laughs> and so people were just like, take my money. I'm going to sit here on a Sunday night for four hours. I know every time I'm at the movies and I got AMC pre-show thing on with Maria Menounos, I'm like, you know, this is great and yeah. all, but I'd like to see her wrestling. You should so. be wrestling again. That's where you should be. It was clear <laughs> yeah. that you had a natural knack for the ring. Yeah. 
or something like that. Uh, tagline on this sign is once in a lifetime, which is kind of funny. We'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, and this one has a runtime of three hours and 51 minutes. So it's a, a bladder buster. Um, it's a it's a long, long show. Um, it moves faster than I expected it to for three hours and 51 minutes, but it's also got a whole lot of sure. filler and not a whole lot of wrestling. Uh, so we'll we'll talk about all of that and more. Um, but uh, anything sort of context or history-wise you'd like to talk about for this one? This is a, another weird little, like, generational transition for WWE. There's a lot of future names on this card and a lot of old names rolling out on this card. Um, so like Kane is still in an active storyline showing up. Randy Orton, who doesn't seem to age is still (laughs) kicking around there and is around now. The Miz is here still. Um, obviously the undertaker and triple H and Shawn Michaels are all still kicking around on this WrestleMania. But also we see the likes of uh, Daniel Bryan, a.k.a. Bryan Danielson. Uh, Sheamus is still kicking around nowadays and is here on this card. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cody Rhodes is in his first WWE run right now in, in at this WrestleMania. And is a tiny, tiny baby. Yeah, he's a young youngin. Um, but also you know, Drew McIntyre is here, Jack Swagger, Dolph Ziggler. Uh, is here. There's uh, Kofi Kingston, Zack Ryder, aka uh, what's his name, Matt, Matt Cardona, Cardona, is here. Booker T is on this card too in a sham of a match. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Booker T doesn't deserve this booking, and it's unfair. Uh, but also, Mark Henry is here. Mark Henry. Mm-hmm. This is Mark Henry's only his fourth WrestleMania, but his first one was WrestleMania 14. So oh, no. 14 years before this one was Mark Henry's first WrestleMania. Uh, but then there's also perennials like Chris Jericho's on this card and CM Still. Punk as well. Our um, truth speaking of people who don't age, our truth is in yeah. that, uh, that mess of a tag team match in the middle there. So yeah, tons of people getting a paycheck for this one. That's for sure. Plenty of money to go around uh, with those, those ticket sales. And it's it's clear that John Cena has become like Hulk Hogan. They have no one else to elevate to his level uh, to fight at this point because Brock Lesnar has disappeared, Kurt Angle's disappeared, uh, all their like big main eventer guys have have poof gone. <laughs> so they drag the Rock back from Hollywood. Yeah. And so the main event for this pay-per-view, John Cena versus The Rock, was announced the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania 27. <laughs> yeah, they built this thing for an entire year. Um, so I actually just finished uh, Brian Gewurz's, uh little memoir about being a writer uh, in this era of WWE. And he writes a lot about actually this particular run. It's a it's basically a two-year storyline between The Rock and Cena, um, and it starts with some uh, actual legit hip heat between the guys. It's kind of an interesting story if you have a chance to check out that book. It's just one problem. True tales from the former one-time seventh most powerful person in WWE. So he was a head writer for them from late 90s up through right around this time. And he was kind of like The Rock's main guy. He wrote a lot of The Rock's like promos with him. Anyway, it's it's a it's a fun recounting of the backstory to this. Um, but I think there was some uh, hurt feelings and, uh, and maybe some perceived disrespect uh, on both parts. And the uh, promos between the two got a little bit 
a little close to the bone, I think, for for both of the guys. Uh, the furry pebbles thing, <laughs> which you see mm. on some signs in this one, um, that was that would came up at the last WrestleMania because I remember we commented on it then. Um, that apparently got under John Cena's skin, uh, and I think you know there was uh, an extent to which he resented. You know, he's he's the guy, right? He's the top dog, uh, and here comes the Rock back in from Hollywood, just kind of drop in and all of a sudden getting all of these big pops and stuff that were. They were his alone, but you know they worked it out. They, uh, I think they they settled it in one of the Fast and Furious movies or something. I don't know. They, I think I think they're great together. Honestly, like you know, if you ask me to name the top two stars of the last twenty years of wrestling, it's those two guys. You know, like, yeah, they're the ones that sold the most tickets, moved the most merch, brought the most fans into the uh, into the crowd, into the experience, and they they both really um, have a lot to offer and I was I was sort of looking forward to the main event here so I don't want to we're not going to get ahead of ourselves but um that's it's kind of it's definitely the centerpiece of this whole show for me anyway yeah and the, there's just a um just a, a a power vacuum though at the top in WWE right now and and part of that is just because there is a um while I wouldn't call them competition there is a rival wrestling promotion getting national attention at this time and that is uh tna which is run by jerry jarrett and jeff jarrett that was started in 2002 like the moment wcw folded and was bought up by wwf uh jerry jarrett and some pals went fishing and were like you know what we should keep the nwa alive and so the NWA lineage at this time period is running through TNA Impact Wrestling. So we mentioned some some names that are missing, but there's also some like other big time guys that could have been uh, still going in WWE, uh, but uh, have have left. And so if you look at the TNA roster in 2012, it's quite a, a fascinating little spread of of names that we will get to know and names that we already do know. So like some of the more prominent names are Sting and Scott Steiner are over in, in TNA, Mr. Kennedy, who we saw win a money in the bank match a couple of WrestleMania WrestleManias ago, um, is over there. Ric Flair is there. Uh, Rob Van Dam, uh, Sanjay Dutt, who's a name that we know mm-hmm. now. And let's see who else is over there. Taz is over there on commentary with Mike Tanay, who is still floating around after WCW. Uh, Samoa Joe, who we'll get to know very intimately soon. Kurt Angle <laughs> is on the roster over there. D'Lo Brown, Hulk Hogan, Christopher Daniels, Chavo Guerrero, uh, the the uh, the Dudleys, the Dudley boys are over there, but under Bully Ray and Devon, I don't think they're actually tagging at that point anymore over there. Uh, AJ Styles and Al Snow are kicking it over there. Tony Nice, Bobby Roode, uh, and as we just discussed before we started hitting the record button, uh, our our pal Barry Darso, his son is also wrestling at this time there, mm-hmm. uh, and with the name Dakota Darso, and then also Jeff Hardy is there and gail king or gail kim not gail king good lord i've been watching the news too much (laughs) uh gail kim is over there and uh perennial asshole these days uh joey ryan uh frankie kazarian luke gallows so it's if tna could have gotten a little bit more oomph to it it it, it could have actually been real competition but uh 
the fact that WWE just at this point seems to have learned its lesson and is just steamrolling, not even caring about what's happening across the street or whatever you want to call it. Uh, they don't care about the neighbor's yard anymore, <laughs> which is probably yeah. smart. And so that's why TNA still exists and WWE hasn't spun its wheels trying to to put something out of business, you know, so. Yeah, um, I, you know, I, I watched a bit of the TNA in that time. I was not like a regular viewer, but I definitely remember watching some um, some Kurt Angle stuff from that time and being impressed by Samoa Joe and just the the roster of, of uh, people popping in and out. I also remember when Hogan came in, I was like, oh, well, they're just rerunning the WCW playbook, and that's kind of lame. That didn't... Um, that didn't work out so well in the, the first. I mean, it did until it didn't, right? Um, so I remember not being particularly impressed by that. But um, I've heard that there are actually some really amazing Kurt Angle matches from those years um, that I really need to check out because we've been super impressed with Kurt Angle uh, in the course of watching our WrestleManias. And uh, he was he was past his WWE prime, but he wasn't you know kind of physically broken down quite as much uh, at the time. So I've that's been on my list for a while to check out. Um, and it's kind of weird like to think about it as a, I don't think it was ever really any kind of threat, you know, like they were filling a very, very small, uh, arena. Um, I think it was a casino, right? Didn't they, didn't they work in a casino mostly? I, I think so. I mean, they yeah. did weird things. They did, they tried a lot of stuff and you know, yeah, they're still kicking. So good for them. Eventually the money, the money ran out and the TV ran out and then, you know these things. These things happen. These, but I, I always think it's better um, when you do have some sort of competition kicking around, um, which is you know we've talked about before. I'm glad that uh, AEW is is here now because it it does like it caters to a certain kind of audience and it pushes on WWE in in subtle ways um, and has a has an influence for the better on the business. Uh, anyway, not to get it's, off on a it's more uh, places for dudes to work. Yeah, you know, exactly. That's, that's the the more wrestling that can be out there, the more talent can be discovered, and the more talent can develop, the better product yeah. you get. Yeah, exactly. And then you and also sort of the more diversity of talent. You don't have all of the people working the exact same way. You know, people pick up different um, styles and stuff by being able to go and work from different schools and different developmental programs. And uh, anyway, we're sort of off on a tangent, but which is technically how the free market is supposed to function, <laughs> right? Well, you know. That's, I don't really believe in that, but <laughs> we won't get into it. Well, but let's, let's start talking point, about this show, huh? Yeah. Point, point being is that there's, there's a ton of talent floating around at this time that is, you know, still very viable, but it is, um, some of it is, is noticeably absent from this particular, um, product and some of the choices that we get, I think are in part, uh, sort of pushed pushed by that. Uh, and I think, you know, we saw a similar thing uh, in the mid-90s before the Monday Night Wars kicked off, right, where so much of the WWF talent had um, gone away and they never really um, filled in quite as well. And so some of those cards were god-awful because <laughs> it's like, yeah. like this guy, really? Uh, this, this is what you got, huh? Um, right, like the, the Mabel push? <laughs> yeah. Right, off the King of the Ring there. The Like Hulk Hogan shows up in exactly like one Monday Night Raw. And I need to go answer the door. So anyway, tangents aside, uh, we've got Michael Cole, Jerry Lawler, Jim Ross on the announce team for this one. And Lillian Garcia kicks us off by singing America the Beautiful and getting a big USA chant. I thought she sounded good. She did sound good. A little, a little slow for my taste, but yeah, 
uh, and then doing a second verse at that slow tempo was <laughs> all right. We're here for four hours. Okay, it seemed to last a long time. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, and we get a real flyover. Hot damn, that was awesome. Yeah, I like flyovers. So. We get a, a second shot of it a little bit later too, to, just to make sure that you didn't you didn't miss it. You know, um, but the first event on the card is. Daniel Bryan, uh, in his very first WrestleMania, comes in with the belt uh, with AJ in his corner versus Sheamus. This is the World Heavyweight Championship on the line here. Um, so, yeah, so Daniel Bryan, if you guys maybe remember, was sort of the, the I don't know, this whole thing was kind of an improbable uh, internet push, right? And, like, the fans just kind of, like, demanded it demanded it yeah he's he was very small he was kind of woolly looking he had a crazy beard he kind of he looked quasi homeless um he still does uh, still looks a little bit homeless yeah uh and and he really wasn't getting much of a of a push but i think the fans recognize that this guy can really uh go you know he can really wrestle and they just fucking wouldn't relent (laughs) and i need to go again i don't know why Son I'll be right back. Bitch. Son of a bitch. It's still recording. That was the neighbor wanting to know how much we're paying for the pressure washing. So, <laughs> Mind your business, neighbor. No, nah, they got dinged from the HO, HOA by us as well. So, uh, Well, hey, what you going to do? So anyway, so yeah, so uh, they they kind of gave him a gave him a big old push thanks to the fans. He walks into this one with the belt, um, but as we'll see, it doesn't uh, doesn't last very long. Eighteen seconds. Eighteen seconds. Um, one of the fastest matches in WWE history. Yeah, it's shades of uh, SD Jones and King Kong Bundy here, um, or uh, Kevin Nash Diesel versus Bob Backlund. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Old, uh, yeah. So so Daniel Bryan gets a kiss from AJ, and when he turns around, he walks directly into a brogue kick from Sheamus and rolls him up for the pin. Gets the belt. The crowd shits its collective pants. They were not expecting that one at all. New. No. Uh, <laughs> Fascinating way to start WrestleMania, right? And also a little bit of of a middle finger maybe to the uh, internet wrestling community that kind of pushed push daniel bryan into the spotlight what do you think yeah it's like we do what we want all right we'll <laughs> give what we want and we'll take it when we bet want want it back I, I can't even talk right now i'm so freaking frustrated by this <laughs> and you'll you'll take it and you'll goddamn like it yeah and damn right shut up about it yeah anyway interesting i uh I don't know. So apparently, you know, I was reading some reviews of this WrestleMania, and that that was one of the things that people really, really, really didn't like about it. They said, "Well, it was good for the Triple H match and the main event, but that Daniel Bryan loss uh, was." It brings really, it down a notch. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, 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 it's kind of a dick move. Yeah, to be honest. So anyway, rolling right along, uh, Kane versus Randy Orton. Randy Orton doesn't age, like you said. He also doesn't get any more interesting. He's still boring. Um, I do like Kane in the sort of the all black outfit or the mostly black outfit um, and the welder's mask. I thought that yeah. was pretty cool looking. So yeah, and he looks kind of ripped here. Like yeah, he's kind of doughy sometimes, but he actually looks in decent shape. Um, I think he was returning from injury for this match. Uh, so okay. as he mentioned something about like Kane's been missing for months and like, and then he shows up and he's been destroying everybody and he probably was hurt and he had to hit the gym to rehab and he looks good. So yeah. 
Yeah. Unlike John Laurinaitis, who we see before this match, um, (laughs) he is dressed like Brother Love, and it's I don't understand why. So, yeah, I don't know either. That guy's a weird looking dude. He'll come back later, unfortunately. He reminds Um, me of Super Dave for some reason. (laughs) He does look like him in the face a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bob Einstein. Yeah, he's a lanky motherfucker though. I don't. Yeah, I don't like seeing him on my TV at all. I'm not into that. This is a more this is a boring match, I think. There's a few cool spots. Uh King kind of pushes off the RKO and catches Randy with a boot. That was yeah. a pretty good move. Uh he choke slams him off the top rope. Um that's that's pretty much that. Yeah, there was also uh Kane jumped from the top rope at one point, but Orton drop kicked him to, that was to a good stop move. it. Like that was that was that was one of the crazier spots that we see in the whole whole show, actually, was was yeah. that. I was like, wow. Uh, but yeah, this was a a bland match because it's Randy Orton and it's Kane. So <laughs> yeah, I mm. do like that Kane has his good original theme back here, where he's got like the organ and the choir yeah. to open it, and then and then the torches and the like yeah, it's, this is a good theme. <laughs> this is a good Kane theme. So it's uh, Undertaker inspired for sure. No. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. There's a kind of lame vignette with uh, Mick Foley, Santino, and some. I guess that dude was from the Deadliest Catch. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. They're they're eating crab legs and they're wearing uh, raincoats like uh, like the the Gordon's fishermen. Uh, Mick Foley keeps saying "I" like a pirate. <laughs> and then Ron Simmons shows up just so he can look disapproving and say "Damn." Yeah, I have to tell you that like the partnership between Discovery Channel and WWE is so it's awful. unusual to me. And there's more weird connections with WWE in this show that we'll get to, especially the library community will be like, what? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Discovery Channel and WWE, and they still have the partnership because the, the WWE Most Wanted Treasures thing that's still happening, oh, all, right. the, yeah. all the biography programs that they've been doing over the years about wrestlers because... Honestly, the only people that are probably still watching a any biography are wrestling fans that are wanting to watch the wrestling things. So they just keep doing biographies of wrestlers. So I mean, I DVR all of them. I don't watch all of them, but I DVR all of them. Exactly. Um, I I watch them on YouTube later. I watched the first round of them, the one that had Roddy Piper, yeah, and Macho Man, and and that was that was a pretty good set. Um, yeah. The second the second round, it got into some people. I'm like, I don't. I think was Edge one of them. I'm like, yeah, I don't care about that at all. Yeah, um, give me the so. dead ones. I want the dead wrestlers. That's <laughs> <laughs> I want the ones with the the truly horrific stories. Yeah. Um, yeah well, like don't think Jake the Snake and like his, yeah. his his mom being like 13 years old or something like Jesus. that, and like yeah. a, just the horribleness of his entire existence. Yeah. So that's a little heavy for any of these days. Um, yeah. Don't they still do like a Shark Week uh, thing? Like a don't they have a Shark Week partnership? Maybe I'm misremembering that. I'm not sure, but I mean, with WWE no longer doing blood, I don't see that tie-in <laughs> together anymore. Yeah. Hmm. Um, the next match is uh, our boy. It's Cody. He's a little tiny baby. Um, he He's so skinny. Uh, he's got the dark hair. He looks all of 12. Um, he's wrestling the big show for the WWE excuse me, Intercontinental Championship match. Um did you uh, happen to watch the thing on Peacock about Cody? Did you watch that yet? No. I, the American Nightmare? <laughs> I want to, but I'm probably going to watch between my fingers because it's just like, yeah. well, what are they going to talk about 
with him during his Ring of Honor and AEW run. Yeah. What they actually <laughs> there's going to be like a 6-year gap, right? So. They actually kind of talk about it. Like I didn't see anything that I there's there's definitely some Ring of Honor footage. Um uh they do talk about I was, they talked about it more than I expected them to. It didn't need to be as long as it did. Somebody said you could play a drinking game where anytime somebody says says this business, uh you take a shot. Oh yeah. <laughs> It'll kill you. <laughs> um like uh, I don't know. Like they went long on this one, and they probably could have gone twice as long on the Ric Flair one. Oh yeah, it easily. felt like the Ric Flair one this like blew over a lot of things. So you could do like a ten hour mini series on Ric Flair. Yeah, like uh, like and the, that's just like the before Lakers. the plane crash. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. Like if they did, you know, like the Lakers, the winning time uh, series. That on show HBO. is excellent. The second yeah. season is starting up here. Yeah, it was here. like what seven episodes or something. They yeah. could, they could totally do that shit for Ric Flair. I'd watch the hell out of that. And I learned um, so much out of that winning time thing. I had yeah. no idea that Jack Kent Cook owned the Lakers. Dude, that show was something else. John, John C. Riley was freaking amazing. I mean, he's amazing all the time. He deserves like, an Emmy for that show. I don't know how he <laughs> did so not good. win it. He's so good. He's so like into it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so I I don't know that I can full, uh, you know wholeheartedly recommend the American nightmare or whatever it's called documentary. Um, I'd give it maybe a C plus my Jackie actually watched it with me and she didn't hate it. Um, yeah, I'll probably, I'll watch it at some point, maybe next week, but he definitely, he definitely cries a lot. He needs to get some therapy, um, or medication or both. I'm not sure which. Well, I mean, Um, that's because dusty Rhodes is dad. I don't know if you knew that. Oh yeah. It's well, he barely ever mentions it. Um, yeah. Anyway, I actually, for a very long time, assumed that Cody was Dustin's son uh, and that well, yeah. Dusty was his grandfather. But yeah, uh, surprise well, to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that's that's one thing that I will say is an obvious omission from this. So Cody and his sister, right, who are from Dusty's second wife, um, are very close to their dad, right? And he was home all the time. He was retired at that point or just right. sort of doing booking and and very much involved. You know, they both describe him as like the best dad ever. But if you, I, I think it may have been on, was it on the A&E one maybe about Dusty where um, Dustin has different memories, at, which is to say no memories of his dad because he was never around. And I think, you know, he's still really kind of, um, maybe bitter is not the right word, but definitely kind of, has some feelings about it, you know, and he and his sister, um, by Dusty's first wife had a, just a whole, whole different experience and they don't touch that yeah. at all in this one. I'm sure uh, not. So anyway, we're off on a rant again. This, there's not really much to talk about with this, uh, with this WrestleMania that's, uh, what's happening on screen. So we can, it's just like Indianapolis. It. It's like the center of the universe, but there's nothing happening there at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, the railroad, well, uh, terminal of the, of all the roads. United States. All roads run through WrestleMania 28, but yeah. none of them stay there. Exactly. There's not actually a station there. It's just crossroads. No. no. Well, so we do- crossroads. <laughs> <laughs> I, get it. I, I did that on purpose. Um, 
I did not. Uh, <laughs> so we get a recap of the big show's past WrestleMania lowlights, including uh, getting the Sako from Mankind, his sumo fight, getting knocked out by Floyd Mayweather. Um, so they're kind of talking about, is he like WrestleMania snake bit? You know, is he uh, the, the choke king of WrestleMania or whatever they call him? Um, and is, is he going to get a chance for redemption here? So It's um, pretty fucking hilarious. <laughs> watching that real back. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, it's um, just a botch reel of the big show's WrestleMania run. The great. Yeah. <laughs> the one that killed me was from the sumo thing where he actually falls out of the ring and he's in, like, yeah. the big, you know, the big loincloth thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. just laying there pathetically. Like, yeah, oh, no, man. I feel bad for him. Um, I know. Well, this is a, is this, this a body quick... shaming? I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure. Are you implying that he hasn't won WrestleMania because he's too fat? Like, I don't. Right. It's not his fault. Well, I mean, it's... they did ship him off multiple times to lose weight, so. They did. My favorite Big Show memory is when we went to uh, see wrestling at the Frederick Keys Stadium one summer. They were doing uh, ballpark shows, and uh, he's just, like, hanging out by the, the one fence smoking, like, before the show. <laughs> nice. I'm like, are you supposed to be smoking? Aren't you an athlete? Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, kid. Give me a pork chop. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Cody Rhodes versus Big Show. Cody, who is the Intercontinental Champion coming into this match, is introduced first. That's mm-hmm. always a bad omen in WWE title matches if the champion is coming down first. And then when Big Show gets introduced and comes out, he's like hamming to the crowd and like smiling. And it was very reminiscent of a uh, Bianca Belair telegraphing her WrestleMania championship win. And uh, I was like, oh, Big Show's winning this match. I, I couldn't, re- I didn't remember this match happening at all. Yeah. Uh, but I was just like, once I saw how he was coming down to the rings, like, mm. <laughs> he's emotional and stuff. Big Show's winning this one. Big Show's walking out with the Intercontinental Championship. And I'm like, he's won bigger titles. I don't, yeah. I mean, I guess it's, it's, he finally gets a win of a title at WrestleMania. And I guess that's a pretty big deal for him. But still. Yeah, he seemed uh, legit emotional about it afterwards. He seemed yeah. a little choked up. He would goes and kisses his wife or his girlfriend in the audience there, and I don't know. I kind of felt I kind of felt happy for him. I did too. Um, yeah. So he kind of um, it's a pretty quick match. He catches Cody with a spear and then a knockout punch. And yeah. Gets the belt. So there's so at the beginning of the match though, Cody is like peppering him with, with punches and kicks and just doing everything, and like Big Show just swats at him like a mama bear to like a feisty cub, just like get off of me! <laughs> and like Cody goes flying across the ring, and Cody does a decent job of selling in this match, and so uh, it was fun uh, to see the juxtaposition of 2012 Cody to 2023 Cody fighting Brock Lesnar. It's a very similar style match actually yeah. uh there's a lot of um i would almost call it parody between between the two matches and um but this time uh, in 2023 cody comes out winning this time in 2012 cody loses and gives a big show hit the wrestlemania moment that he's been clamoring for so yeah that's fine that's you know yeah that's it was a nice little, nice little moment for uh, yeah, yeah. for Mr. White. Good for him. Um, so now it's the moment that this, this crowd has been waiting for. Clearly, the reason that they bought their tickets, the reason that we sold 1.3 million pay per view buys. It's Kelly Kelly and Maria Menounos versus Beth Phoenix and Eve Torres in a tag team match for no apparent reason. Um, the winner gets to be the pre-show entertainment at AMC theaters. I think maybe. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess so. 
Um, um, I I changed the cat litter during this match. <laughs> so that's probably a good use of your time. Yeah, I was like, well, this show is four hours long. I don't want to really stop it, and I got to change the cat litter today. So this looks like the perfect moment to change the cat litter, and I think I, I think I was right. Perfect moment. Oh. <laughs> oh. It hurts. It hurts. <laughs> well, um, Maria Menunos and Kelly Kelly wins. Um, yeah. Hey, meow. No spoilers. So, uh, uh yeah. Predictable so, in- ending. Yeah. I, I did catch the finish after I took the cat shit outside. So, <laughs> well, thank God. Thank yeah. God. So, next we kind of roll into the, uh, I guess we call it the co main event. I don't know what you want to call it. It's definitely, uh, a high point for this WrestleMania and it occurs a little over halfway through. So it's kind of, it's interesting placement. Um, it's, we get an interview with, uh, Shawn Michaels and his eye, uh, which is starting to drift. Um, he's going to be the special guest referee for this next match. Mm-hmm. We also get the attendance announcement here. Uh, there's the Jim Ross announcement. Um, Michaels starts dancing to the ring at 58:45 on the recording. Um, so actually, this is not halfway. This is a third of the way. Um, Michaels starts dancing to the ring at 58:45. The bell rings at at an hour and ten minutes. So that is 12. 12 minutes. Twelve minutes, basically. Introduction of the special referee. <laughs> yeah. Two. And that doesn't include the the match interview the attendance announcement the jim ross announcement all of which took another like five minutes before that so it's a good 17 minutes between matches here um but the match you want to roll in the kelly kelly maria munoz match as well into that (laughs) gap of action yeah (laughs) you're looking at like 25 minutes yeah anyway so we've we've rolled through four matches in a little under an hour um just to give you an idea of even with The the filler these are some some pretty short matches. Uh, so this is uh, Undertaker versus Triple H, Hell in a Cell. Shawn Michaels as a special guest referee. Uh, it's it's being described as the end of an era. Uh, all these dudes are old. We, they're going to die yeah. or something. We're not entirely sure. Um, yeah, the, there's if if you looked at this on paper, you'd be like, Jesus Christ, this is overbooked. Yeah, because it's Triple H versus Undertaker with Shawn Michaels as special referee in a hell in a cell with a special play-by-play announcer like holy crap like it <laughs> easy does it here because like so you have the intro of jim ross and then you have the introduction of Shawn michaels and then you have the ridiculous entrance of triple h and his medieval aryan king throne castle playhouse that he comes out of <laughs> and then you have the undertaker that takes forever to walk to the ring. And then you have special music and the lowering of the cell. It has yep. its own entrance music. The cage has its own entrance. Like, <laughs> holy shit. And like Undertaker is dressed like he's a rejected Mortal Kombat character. Um, it, the only thing I liked about out of that whole opening bit was that Undertaker's introduced being from Death Valley again. Oh, thank you. That's it. That's it. So he's back to the old, 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 old school of being from Death Valley. He's still wearing the fucking MMA gloves, though. <laughs> yeah, I thought that part was strange. I uh, He did seem to be kind of going back to the Undertaker um, gimmick. But, he, yeah, he kept those those fake MMA gloves. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, the the watch in the ring, the 
watching the cage come down is, is the one that killed me. Like, I'm just, oh, my God. Um, I actually fast-forwarded. I couldn't take it. Uh, but then he, Jim Ross's poetry just starts ringing <laughs> through, like, through 50-foot flames. And, like, the road to everlasting immortality goes through WrestleMania. And then a thunderclap hits the moment the Undertaker drops his hood. What? <laughs> it's so... And then, like, so, like, it's theater. This match is 100% theater. Yeah. Because uh, um, as as you go through this match, you'll notice that there that certain spots are happening in very particular spots of the ring that are closest to the cameras and microphones so that you can hear dialogue between Triple yeah. H, The Undertaker, and Shawn Michaels. And, like, it all happens in certain specific spots so that you can hear it. And, uh, it's really, really weird. It's, it's a, it's, it's a little annoying. I, I wrote something down about that as well. Um, it's very obviously kind of, it's stagey almost. Yeah. Um, that's like, this, this is days of our lives. Like, I don't know. Um, so let's see what else. The stare down, the thing, the entrances, the, uh, stairs get introduced like pretty early on and triple H yeah. starts bleeding like almost immediately. Um, he didn't bleed like, soon enough for me though. <laughs> like I, he's I bleeding. actually, how's he not bleeding from that? How is he not bleeding from that? Oh, now he's bleeding. Now he's bleeding. <laughs> he's leaving bloody face prints on the undertaker every time he, he run, yeah. runs into him. So that part's kind of cool. Um, he catches uh, Undertaker and gives him a brutal spine buster on those stairs. Oh, like, yeah. Jesus Christ. This man is 70 years old. Please don't murder him on TV. Yeah, uh, and that's when uh, Jim Ross said that the Undertaker has a carcinogenic right hand. Wow. I had God damn, I love Jim Ross. I know. He just lays <laughs> out those beautiful lines, and like he also makes Michael Cole shut up, which yeah. is great. So Michael Cole just sits there silently, like Jim, while Jim Ross shows him how to handhold the, the action, through to the audience, so that we know what's happening without it being overtaken by his talking. So yeah, you don't have to scream every single thing that's happening, the entire way. You know, like that's he's 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 very sorely missed whenever he's not on the mic in these kinds of shows. Yeah. So. Shawn Michaels is probably doing the best selling work of this match. <laughs> um, he can't help himself. There's some real drama, like through the entire match, Shawn is acting like he wants to see the Undertaker lose, but he also doesn't want to see horrible violence. He just wants Triple H to just like cleanly beat him and get out. But then uh, he also just eventually just wants it to end, and we kind of do too. Um, yeah. But this match doesn't run long, though. It's just. It just gets weird, and then there's the Charles Robinson <laughs> rundown because Triple H gets or Shawn Michaels gets knocked out. Um, and as as usual, my standard complaint is with Triple H is that fucking sledgehammer. Yeah, it's a jump. It jumps the shark. It's a murder it's, weapon. It's not logical. If he ever actually hit somebody with a sledgehammer, they are not going to move again <laughs> in their life. Yeah, and you would not. That's the same complaint that uh, Cornette has about the use of the baseball bat with uh, right. Jericho and Sting, right? You would you don't use the handle like that's not how you use a baseball bat. You swing that motherfucker, and they they always they do the same thing with the the sledgehammer. They're always uh, 
You're always just smacking people with the handle in the most awkward way possible. Right. They um, put the hand over the head and then they <clears throat> ram it. They use it like a battering into the person. And it's, it's like dumb. It's yeah. not convincing at all. Like I know your hand is over top of the over top of the head of the hammer. Like I know it's not hitting him. <laughs> You're not fooling anybody. So yeah, I just anytime the hammer shows up, I just like I can handle Triple H and then the ha- hammer comes out and like <sighs> Well, now this is now this is completely blown for me. I don't. Yeah. Um, so but he beats the shit out of the Undertaker with a chair. Yeah, he really whacks him. <laughs> Holy shit! They like, really whacks him. They're paying a heavy fine to to Vince through <laughs> yeah. after this match for these chair shots. The Undertaker's so disoriented uh, at at one point that uh, he grabs Sean and chokes him out. Uh, thinking that it's his opponent, and that's when uh, good old uh, little Nate comes running down as a substitute ref. Um, of course, we catch uh, before Sean gets choked out. We make sure we the microphone catches Undertaker telling him, "Do not stop it! Don't stop this match! Don't you stop it, Sean?" That's not what he says, but that's the gist yeah. of it. No, um, basically, what he's screaming. Yeah, and then and, uh, Taker yeah. gets tired of uh, Char- Charlie Robinson's shit and <laughs> choke slams him for. Fuck all. Who cares? <laughs> um, hide your wife. Hide your kids. They choke slamming everybody. And then Undertaker becomes a weird inverse version of Hulk Hogan. Okay. At this point, so he he he's just getting the shit beat out of him, but he doesn't stay down. Uh, but he doesn't really Hulk up. But he does do three punches, a big boot, and then a leg drop to Triple H. Yeah, like it's a Hulk Hogan sequence right there. I. I couldn't believe it. Like, I had to, like, wait a minute. I had to rewind and watch it again. Like, wow. We suddenly had Hulk Hogan in this match for a moment. It's yeah, weird. What was, that, what was that about, do you think? I, I don't know. Like, it's, you can't tell me that he just coincidentally, like, sequenced that move, especially yeah. with how, like, staged and blocked out this thing is. It's like a freaking Broadway show. <laughs> and suddenly you're going to do three punches, a big boot, and a leg drop, and, like, oh... Well, Undertaker does that too. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. <laughs> well, he does now. Um, yeah. So Sean Sean spends a good bit of time in the corner crying. Yeah, it's uh, really weird because his friends are are beating each other up, and he's he's really sad about it, and and also because of his eye, I guess. I'm not sure. Yeah, um, and the crowd is very clearly on Undertaker's side. Yeah, they they don't want Triple H to win this match at all. <laughs> and then uh, Triple H. Uh, out of nowhere, looks stammered and does a crotch chop towards the Undertaker. Undertaker clocks him with the hammer under the jaw, and that's the only hammer shot that looks realistic. Uh, and then Triple H takes a tombstone and game over. That's the win. I don't know. There were there were a handful of spots here that I enjoyed. Like yeah. the, those chair shots were great. The yeah. spine buster on the steps. Um, it's just it's a little much. It's a little much. Also, the Undertaker looks really, really bad, and it's kind of distracting. Yeah, it's it's kind of sad to yeah. see like the guy that was like your favorite and should have retired like five years prior to this match, gone out on a high, did not. And yeah, he's, he's Brett Farvin it up in there. He's still putting. He still does a pretty decent show here. It's it's no like him versus Roman Reigns over in Saudi Arabia that happens. That's just. <laughs> So this is um, twenty and zero, is that right? This takes them to twenty and zero. So that means we get one more before 
and then the streak's broken after that. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, twenty-one and zero was so. the. F- yeah, so and we're almost the there, th- folks. Yeah, and then the three <clears throat> of them help each other all together like besties to the back, like it was all a show. It didn't yeah. matter. After you just beat a man with a sledgehammer. Yeah. Then that was probably the most dramatic moment was when Undertaker's down and he has his foot on the back of Taker's neck and is about to swing down with the hammer, like in a full legit swing towards mm-hmm. Taker's head. And Sean jumps him and rips rips the hammer away and tells him no. Like that was a good drama. Thank you. And thank you for doing it close enough to the camera so that we can hear you talk. So I appreciate it. <laughs> That's funny. What are you going to do? Yeah. Um, so then we get to the uh, Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame time. Uh, we get, the, of course, the usual highlights from the ceremony and then the introduction of the class within the stadium here. Um, so this year's class is uh, Ron Simmons, the man himself, uh, Mil Mascaras, the Four Horsemen. So now this class, uh, there was so JJ was there, Ric Flair, Tully, Arn, and was that Barry Windham? That was Barry Windham. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if every single person that was ever in the Four Horsemen got a ring at this point or not. Yeah. So that's a good question. I was wondering about like Oli. Where's Oli? Yeah. Right, because Oli, Lex Luger, Chris mm-hmm. Benoit, but like. Yeah. Did you just suddenly have to acknowledge Chris Benoit's existence again? <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I I do wonder if if Lex Luger got a ring in the mail. So. <laughs> Special delivery. Uh, Yokozuna is also in this class. He's represented by his uh, kids, Kilani and Justin Anoa. Mike Tyson is in the the Celebrity Hall of Fame. Um, He makes some really awkward jokes about being in prison, and he gets kind of like a like a ha 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 ha. Uh, He does the crotch assault. (laughs) He does the crotch chop and won't stop doing the crotch chop. Like yeah. Um, and then Edge is, uh, you know, Edge is clearly like their whatever the main, the main one for this class. You know, he's like the, um, whatever. He's the the superstar. So he's the only one that gets his music played at the ceremony. Um, and you said you thought this was right after his sort of forced retirement. It is. He was forced to retire in 2011. Okay. Um. So yeah, that was. I didn't. Uh, yeah, I, I don't like him being in the Hall of Fame. I don't think he deserves it. I, you know, I don't really like him that much. I don't think he's a, a great, uh, you know, I don't think he was a great champion. I don't think he was a great, like, tag champion. Like, yeah, he's got, like, a ton of things listed under his, uh, under his, like, WWE accomplishments of like he was king of the ring, he won money in the bank, two Royal Rumbles, a triple crown champion. Uh, he won the WCW United States Championship before that went away. He won the WWF Intercontinental Championship five times, the heavyweight championship seven times, WWE oh, champion four times. But this is in the era to where like it changed every freaking day. Yeah. This isn't like the Bob Backlund championship for five years and then taking it off of him. Like this is, you know, so, and he was tag champion 12 times, seven times with Christian, once with Hollywood Hulk Hogan, twice with Chris Benoit, once with Randy Orton and once with Chris Jericho. So, 
and once with Rey Mysterio and again with Chris Jericho, but that was the WWE Tag Championships and not the World Tag Championship. Like, okay. Like, it's still, like, this is just the time that, like, the, these belts, like, shifted all over the place. So, I don't know. Yeah, yeah he's got a, he's got quite the resume there, but I still wouldn't even consider him like one of the best wrestlers ever like worthy enough to be in the hall of fame next to dudes like Hulk Hogan and Andre the giant and junkyard dog and Ted DiBiase, you know? Yeah. I don't know. He's, he's been a character, right? He's been mostly a character, um, which is, which is fine. There's a, he's, he's a solid to me. He's always like a solid, like C list player. You know, he's like, yeah, he's, um, whatever. He's your, your, your second point guard coming off the bench or whatever. Um, you can keep the game going until, you know, the starters rested up and right. can come back in. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so anyway, maybe a little premature, but hey, whatever. Good for him. Yeah. Um, and uh, I always like the Hall of Fame. I wish this one didn't last very long and we didn't get very much of the ceremony with the speeches no. and stuff. Um, those are usually kind of emotional. I always appreciate seeing them, but this, this was just kind of perfunctory. Yeah. So we who cares. Yeah. <laughs> There's some backstage uh stuff with some randos. Uh who was that? Was that Heath Slater? Is that who it was? Yes. And Flo Rida. Um uh, So the announcer guy keeps calling him Flo Rider. <laughs> and then Heath Slater calls him Florida. <laughs> I think that one's intentional, but Yeah. Yeah. He's just fucking with him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he'll he'll be back later. Uh, Flo mm-hmm. Rida will, um, because now we got to get to the twelve man tag team match to determine the general manager of SmackDown and Raw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is incredible. Um, it's going to take me longer to introduce these people than it is to talk about the whole match. But but yeah. But but bear with me. You can if you have one of that little fast forward buttons for fifteen seconds. This would be a good time to hit it. All right. On one side we've got Team Johnny. Which is, um, whatever, representing, um, raw ch- championing. I don't know what you say. Um, championing the, the raw John folks and John Laurinaitis. Yeah. Um, and that is David Otunga, who's an absolute unit, by the way. Uh, Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, Jack Swagger, Mark Henry, and The Miz. And they've, just for good measure, they've also got Brie Bella and Vicky Guerrero in their corner. On the other hand, you've got Team Teddy uh, for good old Teddy Long player uh, for for the SmackDown crew, and that's Booker T, poor guy, Kofi Kingston, the great Kali, R-Truth, Santina Morella, and Zack Ryder, a.k.a. Matt Cardona. And they've got Oksana, Eve Torres, Hornswoggle, and Nikki Bella along for the ride, just for the hell of it. Um, so they can get like a group rate at the Cheesecake Factory afterwards. I'm not sure. I guess so. Yeah, but they're going to build in that automatic 18% gratuity. So yeah, so you don't even really get ahead, you know. No. Um, pro tip: Don't um, put uh, leftover cheesecake in the back of your car and drive for six hours in the hot sun, um, and then eat the cheesecake when you get to your destination. No, no. <laughs> I did it. I totally did it. <laughs> Around no. our house, we, around our house, we refer to this as the cheesecake incident. Um, uh, I'm just I, uh, like picturing you like squatting in the backyard next to Otto. 
for some reason. <laughs> like, like you couldn't this make is, it in the house. Like, yeah. this is uh, this is pre auto. We went we went to visit some friends down in Raleigh, and we went to the Cheesecake Factory. I don't know why. Um, and uh, you know their cheesecakes are huge, right? So there's nothing you, better in Raleigh, right? Right. That's it. You take. <laughs> Uh, you take half of it home and I put it in a hotel fridge and so we got up the next morning to leave. I'm like, oh, this is fine. You know, I'll put it in the back seat. I'll crank up the AC. It'll be fine. Um, and, uh, we got home and I, you know, put, took it out of the car and put it in the fridge. Uh, so Jack, Jack is like, I don't think you should eat that. I'm like, oh, I think it'll be fine. <laughs> so, so I polished it off. Of course it was delicious. And then, then as the next day and the, it was like, it was like 9 AM I was at work and I'm like, this, this is not good. Um, yeah, that's kind of what it sounded like. It was a, uh, it was, it was both ends. Um, oh, no. it wasn't. You good. had the bazooka going. <laughs> anyway, cheesecake incident. Don't do that, folks. This is our, this is our, um, our very important public service announcement. Anyway, this is a garbage match. I didn't watch it. Um, <laughs> let Raw, it play. Team Raw really wins. Attention. Yeah. Uh, all, the only other note that I took down was like they did Booker T wrong by putting them in this payday match because that's what this is. This is a payday match. Get yeah. faces on the TV, get your money. It's vaudeville. Uh, they showed up, they were seen, they got to be paid. Uh, so, uh, and that so they did Booker T wrong by putting them in this. I mean, the dude is a former world champion, and not that long ago, he's still in top tip top shape. He could be in your main event, but you don't want him to. Uh, and then. The only other note was that uh, Drew McIntyre at this point has such a bland look. He is so boring looking. Like, who is this pie face looking idiot? Like, that's. (laughs) (laughs) You're a bad guy. Why are you smiling? Like, stop it. Pie face McIntyre. I don't blame him at all for cutting him uh, during his first run. Um, No. Yeah, I don't. I was trying to decide if I'd rather have uh, cheesecake induced. intestinal distress or watch this match again it's it's a close one yeah and then uh what at the end zach Ryder's girlfriend kicks him in the nuts and it's a big heel turn that no one gave a shit about like re- this that is actually like the most dramatic moment of wrestlemania <laughs> of this wrestlemania it's the only like heel heel change face turn anything like that that happens on this card that's it nobody cares no i don't even know her name um, was that Oksana? Eve Torres? I don't know. Was it, one, it wasn't one of the Bellas. It doesn't matter. I don't know why we're still talking about this. There's uh, A-Rod and his girlfriend are in the crowd, I guess. Um, and so now it's time for our WrestleMania Week Puff Piece. We hear all about the charity auction, the golf tournament, the reading challenge, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, uh, yeah, don't you can't blow by that. We're both librarians, <laughs> and there was apparently in 2012 a partnership with the WWE, the American Library Association, YALSA, the Young uh, Young Adult Literacy Library Services Library Services, Services Association. Mm-hmm. There we go, and Penguin Books to do a Battle of the Books thing for WrestleMania tickets. Wow. So we already have WWE working with the Discovery Channel and A&E. And now we also have them working with the American Library Association. <laughs> Fantastic. Fan-fucking-tastic. This is weird. 
how did I miss that? It was ALA. I must have tuned out during that part. Right. And the ALA website, I sent it to you earlier, has yeah. links, has has a full breakdown of the entire tournament that these kids won. Hmm. Insane. Insane. Like they have like all the kids that were the regional winners, and then they have a list of all seventeen hundred libraries that participated in in this tournament. Hmm. I and so and each regional winner won two thousand dollars for their library and a set of uh Penguin Young Readers books. Airfare, ground transportation from airport to hotel, and three nights hotel for the finalists and a chaperone to Miami. Tickets to WrestleMania 28 and $300 spending money. Hmm. Holy cow. That's a good prize. Yeah, that's that's legit. Yeah. All, all I got for reading was those little pizzas from the Pizza Hut. Yeah, I know. I know. Man, these kids I got made. stickers occasionally. And yeah. Yeah. Hmm. These kids got WrestleMania. Fucking bullshit. Yeah. No wonder I don't like to read anymore. Yeah. I, I could... <laughs> <laughs> be kind of salty about it you know? yeah so anyway ala um i'm withholding my membership dollars until you bring this shit back <laughs> for real for kids real need to learn to read you need to uh, let us host it <laughs> man it would be a natural thing we could get on I the know. ala website i know it'd be amazing get literally fives of followers fives literally fives of followers it'd be amazing <laughs> All right, we got two more matches to go. Are we going to make it? I think so. Yeah. All right. That's uh, it's time for the AEW uh, main event here. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Pepsi Phil CM Punk versus Chris Jericho. It's a submission match for the WWE Championship. Andy Garcia is in the crowd and he's hyped. You know that guy loves wrestling. I don't know. Um, I don't so think weird. they had to do a submission in this match. I don't think that was a, the, stip- the only stipulation. I think on this match was that. Uh, if Punk got disqualified, he would oh, lose yeah. the belt. Right. That's it. I thought they were supposed to. Yeah. Anyway. It just happened to end with submission. They were just all into the submissions. Yeah. Um, it's so weird seeing these guys together here and hearing CM Punk's music. It's, um, yeah. it's very disorienting. Yeah. It's it's this is this is AEW light, and it looks like an <laughs> AEW match, and it this does. match looks different than anything else on the card, and it's enjoyable because of that. I know. Uh, this is a, so this is actually, let's see, the pipe bomb, uh, CM Punk's pipe bomb uh, was um, in June of 2011, and then uh, this match is in April of 2012, so mm. almost a year after it. And, um, this is, is a, it's fascinating that CM Punk still works for them. And it's the reason why I thought that the whole thing with AEW is a work because, um, so the stuff that he says in his pipe bomb, uh, promo here is some, is it's some fascinating stuff. Uh, let's see. Where's the really damning line here? I just remember um, the the line about having to um take so many uh, antibiotics or whatever they shit his pants. I remember. Yeah. That. Uh, so from the pipe bomb, uh, it's uh, 
talking about Vince McMahon, he says that he's a millionaire who should be a billionaire. You know why he's not a billionaire? Because he surrounds himself with glad-handed, nonsensical douchebag yes-men, like John Laurinaitis, who's going to tell him everything he wants to hear. And I'd like to think that maybe this company will be better after Vince McMahon is dead. But the fact is, it's going to be taken over by his idiotic daughter and his (laughs) doofus son-in-law and the rest of his stupid family. Wow. That's one of the last lines of of that promo. Not a good way to get invited to Thanksgiving dinner. And then at the next pay-per-view, he wins the title from John Cena after this. (laughs) Like, he said... he. I mean, he did kind of predict the future uh, that Stephanie and and the doofus son-in-law would be running the company. Yeah. Um, and then he he finishes it up with, uh, let me tell you a personal story about Vince McMahon, all right? We do this whole anti-bullying campaign, and then his microphone is cut off. <laughs> nice. So just a reminder of CM Punk's rant. Uh, uh, so the, the fun thing is also in, in his pipe bomb promo, he says, I'm leaving with the WWE championship on July 17th and hell, who knows? Maybe I'll go defend it in new Japan pro wrestling. Maybe I'll go back to ring of honor. Then he looks at the camera and waves and says, Hey, Colt Cabana, how you doing? (laughs) Shit. Wow. Right. And then. In 2022, after the uh, the media scrum for uh, All Out, right? Um, he's he's shit talking on on Colt Cabana. He uh, then shits on the ownership. Uh, it's 2022. I have been friends with this guy since at least 2014, late 2013, and the fact that I have to sit up here because we have irresponsible people who call themselves EVPs and couldn't effing manage a target, and they spread lies and bullshit and put into a media that I got somebody fired when I have fuck all to do with him, (laughs) want nothing to do with him, do not care where he works, where he doesn't work, where he eats, where he sleeps. And the fact that I have to get up here and do this in 2022 is fucking embarrassing. Mm. So, and then it's like, it's not Tony Khan's position to make it very effing clear. There's people who call themselves EVPs that should have fucking known better. So, parallels? (laughs) I've had a few. Yeah. I'm old. I'm tired. I work with fucking children. Right. <laughs> no, I believe he said I'm I'm old, I'm hurt, and I work with fucking children. Yeah. Anyway, same thing. Well, anyway, so yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on here. This is it's also very strange to see Jericho working face here and the crowd responding to him as a face. Um, but I also think that has a lot to do with just the absolute heat that uh, punk generates, you know? Um, yeah. There's Jericho is so like Punk's big thing is he's the best in the world, and then Jericho wears trunks to the ring that says "best in the world" all across the ass. That's pretty good. I do like that actually. Good trolling from a face. Yeah, I will say the one thing that didn't really ring true here is like his whole his whole plot about oh Punk says a straight edge and his father's an alcoholic and his sister's a drug addict. I'm like, yeah, everybody has those in their family. <laughs> that's probably yeah. why yeah. he chooses not to drink or use drugs. Like that's not a I mean maybe in twenty twelve that was a sick burn, but like 
I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like, yeah. Hey, your your brother is uh, emotionally unavailable. I'm like, oh yeah, I know. He needs therapy, or like whatever. Like, yeah. Um, I don't know. That was that's kind of a weird thing. It's also a weird thing for a supposed face to kind of like expose, quote unquote, and then hype on. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird move. It's a weird. Yeah. It's this is this is almost Jericho being less heel than Punk, as opposed to being the face. Yes, yeah. yeah. I would, I would, I would say that that Jericho is maybe sitting in the middle and Punk is heel. So there's some other important things going on in the crowd that I feel like I have to mention. First of all, there's a sign alert here that just says tapeworms. <laughs> yeah. There about. are some good signs at this show. Yeah, there's one um, sign that just says Cena's ass as well <laughs> nice there's also a dude in the front row all the way over towards the right towards the, the ring post um who looks like chris jericho's like alcoholic brother like <laughs> did you see that guy i did i did he looked yeah. right he yeah. looks like he looks like him um, and on the far left of the ring ringside you can see green shirt guy hell yeah green shirt guy um so as he everywhere. is internet legend wrestling fan that wears this giant neon green smiley face t-shirt um it's oversized it's too big for him uh but he wears it every single wrestling show that he goes to and he normally sits ringside and you can see him very prominently on tv and this is the earliest i can think of seeing him on television so oh that guy made his money he goes to all these things yeah he's the he's he's the new uh vladimir (laughs) so yeah so my wife and I were having a long discussion about whether the Chris Jericho in the ring was actually like the brother or the clone or whatever. And the one out in the crowd was the real Chris Jericho watching uh, <laughs> what it could have been. Anyway, it's was, it was deep. Um, so I don't know. Jericho works on uh, Phil's back for most of this one. Um, towards the end, the, the end actually kind of gets interesting. They, they're really some trade and some back and forth. Yeah. Um, submissions and or finishing moves um i do think the gts is one of the lamer finishing moves for just for the number of times that people are able to slip out of it or knee yeah. the person in the head or whatever um, yeah it's just not terribly effective i think it's got like a like a two percent success rate i think yeah um well at this point in time any 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 finisher only has like a five percent success rate <laughs> That's true. Because they're all superheroes and they just have to take these hits like 20 million times before they're, before they're out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there was not a lot to take notes on in this match just because they're moving so fast. They, mm-hmm. they, Michael uh, Cole does spit out some facts that this is Jericho's 11th WrestleMania. Jesus. Like, mm. Yeah. And this is Punk's sixth, apparently. Um, but there's this counters on counters and there's so much action through this whole match that Michael Cole never shuts up and Jerry Lawler keeps trying to cut in with things to say and you can't hear him. He doesn't, Mm. he he can't get in. And like, even when he does say something, Cole doesn't acknowledge him at all. (laughs) Like it's, this is horrible. They're still living out their feud from the previous WrestleMania and it's, and it's taking, it's affecting the quality of the show, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Jericho's 42 here, by the way. So Jesus. Yeah. Phil's uh, 34. Yeah. Um, so I thought, yeah, I didn't take a whole lot of notes on particular moves. There's one I really like. The crowd really pops for Jericho turning the GTS into a Walls of Jericho. Like that yeah. was, was kind of clever. I think they really like that one. There's yeah. also um, 
he turns a Hurricane Rana into the walls of Jericho. Uh, so they're really selling up the kind of the counter, the counter offensive, the counter punching, um, sort of technical aspects here. I thought they they Which did is, a good job. Yeah, we've seen out of Jericho a lot in this period. That's like his whole style. Is just like yeah. countering every single thing that happens. Um, one 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 note that I took was about the on their outside of the ring time. Uh, uh, Punk does a flying knee into Jericho's face that then bounces the back of his head off the ring post. And that was Ouch. that was vicious and nasty looking. Um, and then the Anaconda Vice that uh, Punk locks Jericho into finally, and he you can see him adjust it so that Jericho can no longer kick him in the back of the head while doing it, and that was the win. And so that was it was a clever finish. I thought yeah. the finishing sequence of alternating between the walls of Jericho and the Anaconda Vice and some other holds was uh, really a great sequence to to finish this up. Yeah, I agree. I thought that was cool. It was kind of like he he hits that uh, anaconda vice once and Jericho knees him in the back of the head like enough times to make him break it and then they reverse and then he goes back to it and like you said that time he he knees him once and he slips over to the side um so yeah actually yeah. a really good match one of the highlights of the card for me yeah same so, very very strange though it's like I slipped into a time warp uh, let's see. There's some more military sniffing and the flyovers, and yeah, they they have the stuff. pilots from the flyover there. Yeah, and I was like, oh well, that's really nice. They give them tickets to the show. They get the get the come, but then they say that they're out of the Key West Naval Air Base. Yeah. Now I've done the drive from Miami to Key West <laughs> and back. It is three and a half hours from Miami to Key West if you make all the lights through all the different keys that you got to go through. Um. How did they? How did they get there? <laughs> so either they landed somewhere at a base in Miami or around Miami and drove over, or they flew back home, their home base, checked in their planes, got in the van and hauled ass to uh, Miami. I don't know, or maybe a helicopter brought them up. Who knows? I mean, maybe they landed over at Miami International and drove over or something. Maybe. I don't. Yeah. Or or what's what's wouldn't. Uh, what's the Homestead Air Force Base? Maybe they landed sure. there or something like that. I don't know. But <laughs> need permission to buzz the tower. I've got WrestleMania tickets. <laughs> yeah, they did not. They uh, they. There's no way that they actually did the flyover, flew back to Key West, and drove back to Miami in time to be yeah. in that stadium for WrestleMania. So That's a negative Ghost Rider. Something something fu- fishy is happening here, folks. Okay, there's a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Those planes were letting out chemtrails. Every person that attended that WrestleMania now has cancer. Hmm. I believe it. Every single one of them. A lot of people are saying that. Yeah. Or those weren't the real pilots. Those were. Uh, oh. They were body doubles. Maybe they were clones. I mean, aliens mm. are real now, so maybe they were real in 2012 too. Oh yeah. That's a good point. Speaking of aliens, here comes uh, Brodus Clay, who's got to be <laughs> like, look, I don't know. I know he's like uh, uh, whatever on Fox News these days. and I don't, I don't know anything about the guy and I don't hold anything against him or whatever. But he is one ugly motherfucker. Like he's a weird looking guy. Yeah. Like Predator. I mean, I'm a weird looking guy, too, but I, we recognize our own. If you know. predator, a predator saw him, like he, he would be speechless. Like he would just be, yeah. He wouldn't even know what to say. So he's there in a white tracksuit and a and a hat, uh, and he's his backup dancers are actually Cameron and uh, Naomi. Did you notice that? Yes, yes. Um, 
And they're all dancing to what sounds like Parliament. I don't know if it really is a Parliament Funkadelic song, but it sure sounds like it. Um, he gets on the phone to his mama, who says she's uh, bringing the whole bridge club over. Uh, and he introduces Mama Clay, who is a, a young lady in a gray wig, a house dress, and a giant fake booty, who comes out and like proceeds to shake it around in her... Like- two basketballs has ass cheeks <laughs> yeah, kind like, of fake booty. Yeah. like it's huge if, if if it was real she has serious back issues and like spinal stenosis and scoliosis and every other osis that involves your back and butt like yeah uh and then she dances very suggestively in front of her supposed son and they're wearing she, she's wearing this like really like kind of like weird dress that i would I, like like housekeeper's dress like yeah, that's i think yeah. i think it was it was it was it was the 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 ensemble wearing the the clothing that was really like making me go is this racist <laughs> like the dancing the choreography the stereotypical booty size implant things and then the outfit like it's very <sighs> um michael cole thinks this is the greatest thing he's ever seen he is like literally shouting about it into the mic michael cole also says the n-word you know he does um <laughs> i just don't know i just don't understand why i can't say it is all i'm saying that's it's just believed um that's what that's these they say it in the songs this is what michael cole says when he's it's, it's speculation after it's, i'm just speculating that michael cole does but yeah um yeah so this this whole section is weird and don't forget he's now the current nwa world champion <laughs> oh i didn't forget <laughs> <laughs> Tyrus. Tyrus goes by Tyrus now, That's and he's actually... apparently also trying to start a uh, uh, a stand up comedy career right oh, now. Please no. too. I saw an ad. Oh no! Is it just a picture of his face, and that's you're supposed to laugh at it? Cause mm, yeah, pretty much. That's so. not very nice. But anyway, fuck that guy for making me for making this whole thing weird. Um, I didn't time all this, but this would have been another good place to like check the time from the end of the previous match through the. I mean, this is clearly the second intermission in the house. Yeah. So, so we are and again. Here. This is a payday for Tyrus to get him on the air, <laughs> get him money. Well, and for Naomi and uh, Cameron and all Same. of the Mrs. Clay's too. Same, yeah. Uh, so uh, we are here. We're here. We made it. It's the Rock versus John Cena. Um, so you know, again, the the biggest stars of uh, WWE of the last ten to fifteen years. Um, there's a nice intro video for the setup. Uh, there's a whole lot more stalling. Um, I hated that intro video. I hated, hated it. it. <laughs> I hated it because it's like it, it kind of tried to give that The Rock and John Cena have the same wrestling credentials yeah. and the same like like not that like like The Rock comes from a storied wrestling family. John Cena does not. <laughs> like you, I mean, I appreciate them not no longer trying to portray John Cena as like like a 1920s gangster from prohibition <laughs> but again figure out what he is at some point like you could you could just sell that he's self-made that he he busted his ass and worked hard to make himself into who he is as opposed to the rock who came off of like like a wrestling silver spoon like his yeah. father was a tag champion and like his and he's related to the to the uh Anuai family like something you know, some sort of heat there like that. I don't know. The The video just was like trying to make it seem like they were equals in, in some sort of credential way. And they're just not. And it's okay. 
They hyped yeah. this match more than Hogan versus Andre. <laughs> you did? They did. They did. Oh, they, they hyped did. It. Oh, yeah. They hyped it. Oh, I... They hyped it so fucking much. Yeah. No, it's like it's like this is the greatest thing to ever happen in the history of wrestling. Once in a yeah. lifetime, right? Yeah. Uh, it's on the signs. I kind of wondered. I kind of there were so Except many. Except it happens like, again next year. Yeah, there are so many once in a lifetime <laughs> signs. I kind of thought the um, the company might have like given them out to to fans. I think, I think the crowd's mocking them. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what that is. Uh, but we're not there yet. Sean Diddy Combs, that's what he's going by at this time, uh, introduces MGK, and I'm like, what the hell is this? Uh, which turns out is Machine Gun Kelly, who is like, yeah. 22 here yeah uh, you squint at him you can tell that it's machine gun kelly that's what yeah. happened to me like i'm just gk and then i saw him like is that machine gun kelly <laughs> holy like, shit it is like i said I, I thought he was just invented in the last two or three years ago i saw him on um saturday Night live or something i'm like who the fuck is this guy um anyway he uh he does his song invincible which coincidentally is the theme for wrestlemania 28 and he gives a little speech about uh underdogs and the crowd appears to be booing him uh yeah because he he says that the underdog is john cena and he's going to beat the rock and the crowd is 100 <laughs> be, behind the rock for this match so everybody yeah. so machine gun kelly ends this great song where he, that he sings with uh esther dean and the crowd is just straight up booing his ass. It's so good because he, he, he started spitting heat on the rock and that's what happens to you. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, Cena comes out of course to a, just a ton of booze. Oh like, yeah. It's relentless. Uh, yeah. It hurt my feelings. That's how much booing was going on. <laughs> I know. It's like, Oh, poor John Cena. He's got 73,000 people booing him and he's yeah. supposedly a good guy. There's there's a few kids in the front row, you know, who are doing the signs and everything, and they're they're excited, but everybody else hates that dude. At least that whole family that would wear I hate John Cena shirts that would sit front row was not at this WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> I miss them. I hope they're doing okay. Me too. <laughs> there's another musical number just in case. Uh, Flo Rida comes out in the sweetest looking like Tron motorcycle thing I've ever seen. And yeah. What the fuck was that? That was incredible. <laughs> it's the Tron bike. I swear to God it is. It was really it rad. It was really yeah. rad. Um, yeah. He's got a lot of backup dancers. So at first I thought we're all really short, but it actually turns out Flo Ride is like 6'3". So yeah. That's and the there's one token white girl dancer that just looks so happy to be there. <laughs> <laughs> She's the Ringo of the group. Yeah. I'm just really thrilled to be here. Yeah. <laughs> And then just like Machine Gun Kelly, who had a nice young lady singing with him, uh, Flo Rida also had a young lady singing with him. And that young lady was a really young Sia. So we oh. actually can see Sia's face oh. at WrestleMania 28. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. And and then we get a, a shot that uh, Mike Kyoto, our boy, is going to be the referee for this match. I was oh, so excited yeah. when I saw him. Yeah. I'm like, I saw, I was told my wife, I'm like, that's my Kyoto. He smells like cigarettes and sounds like my grandpa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the walls of his house are yellow. Nicotine yeah, yellow. Guaranteed. Yeah. He's great. Uh, yeah. The rock is, uh, his entrance is still electrifying. Like. Yeah. The people, the people are digging it. He's extra large here. He's. He's been hitting that uh, Hollywood iron. He's got that big-ass chest tattoo now. Um, I get a good sign alert that says Australia hates Cena. That's yeah. pretty cool. 
What a great. Um, and uh, if Cena wins, we riot. That was a good one too. <laughs> yeah. I th- I thought the uh, the stare down and like the the build up before the bell was actually really great. I thought yeah. like they're both standing there. They're both kind of checking on the crowd. They're looking at each other, looking at the crowd, looking at each other. Yep. Mike Kyoto's there, smelling like cigarettes. Like it's it was fucking great. It was already awesome. winded and sweaty. <laughs> the rock starts sweating early though. I noticed. Yeah. He seems yeah. to be. It um, looks like he's getting gassed. Yeah, it's all quick. that muscle, man. Yeah. Tell you what, got to get running. Yeah, the, the Cena does a great job uh, looking shell shocked after the opening volley that The Rock gets on yeah. in on him. As we were discussing before we came on as well, that it looked like John Cena may have eaten a couple potatoes during this match, as a, a shiner starts forming right next to his left eye, and then there's a bruise forming under his right eye. Uh, Mid match, like some of these punches from The Rock are connecting. Uh, obviously <laughs> something something is hitting him and uh it's not good <laughs> yeah no they they work really well together there's like some really nice arm drags lots of momentum shifts in this one yeah. um they they just i don't know they have really good chemistry i think uh they're they're two big dudes you know so like there's there's that whole angle to it it's not like a uh big slow guy versus a small fast guy it's like just two very large very athletic guys um muscling it out um i did i wrote down a hot take that the people's elbow and the five knuckle shuffle are the same move and they're equally ridiculous yes Um, that's i don't think that's a very hot take i think that is just the take that is that is the truth you're speaking the gospel that's gospel that's a lukewarm take yeah um take for the kids just I couldn't. The only thing was was that I couldn't help but feel like this match followed the the WWE main event model. Like it's not a lot of action. There's a lot of laying down. There's a lot of rest holds, as they would call them. Uh, there's a mid match exchange of finishers that does not work. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's the the. The one, the the face is beat down really badly, but then rallies and comes out of nowhere for the win. Yeah. Um, that's basically how, that's that's the, the flow chart of this match, and it's the flow chart of just about every WWE main event since the beginning of time. The beginning of time, yeah. Um, but yeah. It, it's, it becomes very evident once we get into the, into the Triple H, Stone Cold, Rock, uh, John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle, era of main events that that's Batista. that's what that's that's what these and dave batista jesus uh, every match of his is like that um yeah the 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 there was a great what looked like a shout out to bret hart versus stone cold with that sharpshooter spot yeah um and also i loved the arm check on 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 the rock the rock is in the stfu and is being snuffed out and his arm drops and they do the arm check and the rock holds steady suddenly on three. Ooh, he almost lost it. Almost, almost. I, uh, yeah, I, I know it's, it's a little formulaic. I did enjoy it. I thought it was, um, it didn't go too long as far as I was concerned. Um, the rock, they did the formula properly. They yes. did. Yeah. The rock pulls it out. <laughs> crowd goes nuts. So set the stage for a return match next year. Um, this is the kind of long-term storytelling that 
is is hard to come by these days. Um, there's some of it still going on in in uh, WWE with you know like Cody and the Bloodline. Obviously, there's zero of this going on in AEW. Um, no, they pick a fight, they fight the next show. Yep. Um, they may even fight the same show if they just if they Not can't too. quite wait to get to it, and they just yeah. No chill, as the kids say. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. As far as as far as main events go, it it did what it was supposed it was to do. Yeah, yeah, right. And did you notice something absent at the end of the show? Hmm. Did they not do the recap? There was no recap highlight package after huh. this. John, the Rock pins John Cena after the Rock bottom. Michael Cole says good night and. And we're Bingo, done. bango, Peacock <laughs> wants to flow into WrestleMania 29. Mm. Wow. So, yeah, just wraps it up. Not even like a really great, like, this was such a great WrestleMania. Goodbye, good night, everybody, like kind yeah. of thing. Just like, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a recap of uh, of Mama Clay's dancing. Yeah, great. Yeah. Well, I know we both have to sign off here within the next uh, five minutes or so. Uh, so I want to just run down real quick. Uh, best match? Uh, my favorite match was Jericho versus Punk. Yeah, same. I thought that was the that was the most entertaining of the matches. Uh, good technical stuff. Yeah, good storytelling. Just yeah, good stuff. Um, I don't know. Is it even worth picking a worst match? Probably. The, I mean, it's the women's tag. The women's tag. Yeah. Followed I mean, by the the, the six man be close yeah. to it i was gonna say followed by that that whole mess um, but the tag championships are are noticeably absent yeah, on this wrestlemania yet again i don't even know if there's a no shit moment from this one um, i have one okay what'd you got and it's the repeated chair shots by triple h onto the undertaker <laughs> those are pretty good and then the undertaker's revenge chair shots later that actually break the chair <laughs> good stuff yeah that was hot shit um i don't know mine was maybe um maybe that opening with daniel bryan just Getting squashed yeah. in 18 seconds. That's yeah, that's a good one. That makes a statement, you know. Yeah, it does. All right, so that's uh, that brings us to the end of WrestleMania 28. We hope you've enjoyed well, running do you down rate with this us. One? You want to give it a rating? Um, yeah, I would give you it. Always rate the WrestleManias. I would give it. Um, I'd give it a two and a half out of four, probably. Two and a half. Two and yeah. a half out of four. Wow. Yeah. Really throwing off the scale here. <laughs> Wait, do we usually do five? Yes. Oh, well, see. I, <laughs> Who does out of four? I don't know. Uh, this isn't like the AP test. Like, <laughs> this isn't AP okay, English. In that case, I'll give it a two and a half out of five. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, I gave it a three and a half out of five. And uh, I think that's okay. just because it it looked a lot like the last SummerSlam that we just watched. Yeah, this is dude. a very modern looking show. And also... Uh, I wasn't nearly as bored through most of the show as like the previous five WrestleManias that we watched. Yeah, so that's fair. I, I was like, I got, I think I got to bump this one up. So it I gave possibly it... could have been a four out of five if it hadn't had the Daniel Bryan squash. <laughs> I gave it minus a star for being like 70% entrances mm-hmm. and filler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I get that. I'm it did get, that. got some points for the CM Punk and the main event. Uh, those were good. Just there's a lot of crap on this one. Um, yeah, you could have easily cut this down to a tight two hours. Uh, that would have been entertaining. But that's not the era that we're in anymore. So it's not even really no. fair to talk about it that way.
All right, so as we always do, we like to just uh, wrap up by paying tribute to some of the men and women that we've seen who are no longer with us. So this show, it's a relatively short list. We've got ring announcer Howard Finkel, got Hall of Fame inductee Yokozuna, and visible during the Hall of Fame ceremony, uh, of course, Mean Gene Okerlund. So that'll do it for WrestleMania 28 in this episode of All the WrestleManias. We hope you've enjoyed uh, listening to it. If you uh, have a chance to watch it, if you have memories of it, um, if you've read about it on the internet, I don't care. Send us a note, uh, allthewrestlemanias at gmail.com. You can find us on the, the Twitter still, at WrestleManiaPod. We've been a little less active on that one lately, um, trying to figure out where we go from here with that particular platform. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram. We're on the new Instagram uh, threads doohickey trying to figure that that one out uh youtube of course we always like to hear from you so leave us a comment shoot us a note um we're, we're more than happy to get your feedback so alrighty, anything else for the fans uh kofi.com slash all the wrestlemanias if you want to leave us a tip yeah monetary tip not uh never bet on ponies or whatever <laughs> <sighs> that's funny um yeah, anyway, I forgot what I was going to say, so it's probably time to sign off. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.